It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. We certainly do here at 657 on the Blitz 1170. Again, that hour goes in a hurry. Our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line open for you. We'd like to know your opinions on this new 5-plus-7 uh, playoff format in college football. 918-262-5072. That is the number. Coming up in about a half hour, Ryan Neighbor, our Oklahoman insider, normally a third. Thursday guest, but he's traveling tomorrow. We moved him to today. And Tyler Cass in about an hour and a half from THV and eleven over in Little Rock. He is our Arkansas insider. Right now, though, time for us to get Bryce up and have him kind of yawn, stretch, and tell us what happened in the yesteryears. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz eleven seventy. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now, grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always do. We can also hear from you in the Neuropathy Treatment uh, Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. We had a text on there from Steve. There was a story uh, a couple years ago, and actually one last year here in Oklahoma, of a 4-2 to basketball game. And uh, there was an actually, a, there. Uh, he said there's actually been a girls game that was a four to two, four overtime game. Now that but, one I hadn't heard of. I knew about the boys' game. That was Anna, Mother's Day in sports history. Yeah, Anna Darko and all. Right, yeah. that's the one you were talking about. But I knew about the one with Anna Darko. Yeah, you know because there was that last year here uh, with the boys' that game. A lot of stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one. But it, it, he just said, "Can you imagine if you actually had to broadcast that game as a high school broadcaster? Then you still have to do a boys' game." Because Ooh. you do. And then he said, then how much you would have to drink afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve, I'm with you. I completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I thought it was really interesting, too, that the, there was a boys game that m- kind of mocked that, although it didn't go to overtime and also being four to two. Seven nineteen here on the Blitz 11 seven. All right. I mentioned that the Pac-12, what's left of it, which is Washington State and Oregon State, uh, have gotten have done away with George Klykoff, which is not or Klykoff, however you say his name. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody cares. He's just going to be a footnote in history at this point. But what they have done is they've named a woman. Teresa Gould will be the first woman Power 5 commissioner. Now, I know what you're saying. They're not a Power 5 anymore. I understand that. I still think it's an, I still think it's a big move. She had been an associate commissioner and had been around the league for a long, long time. And she's actually – they said that she's got to – you know, of course, when they make announcements, they, you know, use flowery terms – deep knowledge of college athletics, unwavering commitment to student-athletes, all that. But more importantly, if you're those two schools, you realize you have a lot on the line. You're still fighting for your quote-unquote power five lives, trying to find yourself somewhere. Yes, you have an agreement this year with the Mountain West. And yes, the Mountain West is really a nice conference. Probably realistically, well... It's going to depend on what happens in the American this year. You know, I, I think Tulsa is going to have a nice bounce back year. Minus SMU, that hurts a little bit. But then Tulane, of course, you got Willie who has moved. So yeah, can Tulane, you know, maintain without Willie Fritz? Hit the portal hard. 
You know, they got a lot of good guys there. Because they have a lot of guys who are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, can UTSA, you know, who last year was good, but not quite as good as maybe we thought. Can Jeff Trailer, you know, put them back? They, they're losing Frank Harris, who's a guy who was their all-time leader in everything at quarterback. He was hurt a lot, too. But my point is, I don't know that maybe next year the Mountain West – with a San Diego State and with teams like that that are out there, UNLV after what they did this year, Fresno, as you mentioned, Wyoming, who's always pretty solid. Colorado State's going to get better. and They've not been very good, but going to get better. Of course. Yeah, and yes, will they, they'll probably be a better conference at next year. Overall, maybe not. And I, you know, as a guy who's involved in the American, I want to see the best it can out of the American. UCF got a lot better. Or pardon me, USF. Yeah. Yeah, USF had the best recruiting class in the conference with Tulsa being number two, and USF was a top 30, I think, recruiting class. Something along those lines. And, you know, great great momentum there. So there's hope, obviously, and East Carolina can always bounce back and be better. But there's there's hope that the team you know, in Memphis, too, will be, will be fine. But I think that the difference between those two next year is going to be slight, if any. And now you've got these two teams, Oregon State, Washington State, fighting for their lives. They wouldn't make her the commissioner if they didn't think she could get something done. I, this wasn't just to make a woman a commissioner. This wasn't to be splashy. I don't think. I don't think this was to get headlines. This was because they believe their lives are on the line, and they think they think she's the best choice to do it. Now I don't have clue one about her other than what I've read lately, but I just it says something to me as you're going to replace an absolute failure, an abject failure, you better go high. And they must believe this is high. It's an opportunity to build on rock bottom, right? (laughs) You know, I think that's what you really need to do is you need to finally build a a solid structure. Um, And you're going to have good opportunities with this upcoming fall when it comes to facing some of these Mountain West teams and, and putting yourself in a good position. But it's just having to continue to advertise yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. I still feel like Brett Yormark, um, with the with his strategy in the Big 12 of getting teams, and it seemed like he was just trying to stay ahead of the curve mm-hmm. more than just going for the next best he set option. The curve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that he uh, was more so just getting teams before there was any possibility of another direction to go in because he just knew the future of college athletics, yep. and yet it still didn't come down to Oregon State or Washington State when – you know, I think there's there are pretty good viable option there. Um, so, I think it's just fi- finding a way to continue to advertise yourself and make your image better. And right now, it just hasn't been going their way at all. Well, no, and we can understand why. And they got you know, I, Oregon State was good last year, really good. And Washington State yeah. looked like they'd be good early. You know, then their quarterback goes down, then he moves, and he's gone over it to Miami. We all know how that affects, and especially anytime your conference falls apart like that, you're going to lose players. And they, you know, so obviously Ugalungalele left again. You know, so I mean, these two teams are probably going to have to find themselves again. But Oregon State last year really challenged for what would have been close to that 12-team playoff for a while. Yeah, and I think Jonathan Smith, the head coach of Oregon State, mm-hmm. you know, he's an alum there. He mm-hmm. turned that program around. That's what's sad to see is I feel like they had an opportunity to really keep building something there, mm-hmm. and he takes the job at Michigan State. I don't think he takes the job at Michigan State necessarily unless they have you know so, something to look forward to in the future some some assurance that uh the pac-12 is going to be together and i think that's the unfortunate part is i think michigan state's a better job than oregon state it's a bigger money job bigger, bigger money job but i feel like if the pac-12 had security or if they knew that they were going to be in a solid foundation 
then I don't think he would leave his alma mater. I think that was a very rare scenario. But in that, in your scenario, you'd have to back up all the way to only USC and UCLA leaving. And as soon as those two were gone, Washington and Oregon were gone. We knew, we knew it was yeah, inevitable. So, I mean, I mean, as soon as those two left, the conference wasn't going to stay together because the other two, Oregon and Washington, were going to get out. But what out. about if Brett Yormark gives him uh, gives him an opportunity? You know, well, had he earlier, but he's not now. I mean, they made that's, it that's very the clear, and that's the thing. That's what's frustrating about it is like I want to see a situation where it could have been, but when nobody's taking a chance on you, it's I feel like there's an opportunity wasted. It makes them it most makes the most sense to me right now just to have the Mountain West teams fold into and just call it the Pac-12. I mean, if you want to yeah. if you want to keep that name and that moniker and that that thing alive. That's what you do. And I understand the Mountain West teams. Well, we're the Mountain West. Who cares? Still call it the Conference of Champions, I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who cares if it's your Mountain I understand you're the Mountain West. Nobody cares. I mean, no, yeah. they don't – They around here, nobody cares. It's the Pac-12. It's only us guys. You know, Jeremy and I had this conversation once because you know, we were talking about, do you think that logo, does that crest mean anything? It does to people my age. It might not to somebody younger because they haven't been that relevant in a while. Was 10. USC was when they when Pete was there and they won titles, right? And but yeah. then as soon as as soon as Vince Young scampered into the end zone and beat them, mm-hmm. when Reggie Bush inexplicably decided to try to pitch a oh, pitch a ball, <laughs> another one of those moments, you know, it's a Bill Buckner type moment, but this one in football. Since that time. That trend has been down, nothing but. And we are, yeah. you know, we're going to get Lincoln Riley out there, and old Mule She's going to fix everything. And of course, that went as well. It, look, they are USC, and they can be better. And you know, Caleb couldn't even take them to a title. Eh. So it's not what it was. I get that, but to people my age, it still makes sense. And I would love to see that logo stay personally. Well, and that's it's just their, me. It's their mindset that got them to the situation too. Ultimately, right? I mean, oh, it, was, yeah. it was that mindset Absolutely, of yeah. keeping keeping them at this higher level above everybody else in their heads that imagine, ultimately led to their demise. Imagine if the Pac-12 had ousted Klyakov and hired a Yormark. Oh, yeah. We, we, might, we might be talking about Big 12 teams being in the AAC right now. Things would be... Like they thought. Horrible. Things would be completely different. Yeah. Completely different. First of all, yeah, yeah I understand what the Big 10 offers, but that dude would have gone out and gotten more money for the Pac immediately... Maybe he could have saved SC UCLA, maybe not. I'd sure like to see him in the room trying. Yeah. I think that would have been Looking pretty fascinating. possible markets. One of the note before we take our break, Arizona has also hired a new AD as they come into the Big 12, and it is Desiree Reed Francois. Now, the reason this is important is, remember, they had the quote-unquote accounting mistake at Arizona, which put them, oh, three-quarters of a mil behind. It's a little which, bit. I mean, at some point you go, you know what, did we move, how many decimals did we move for the love of God? <laughs> Can you not add? That's why you hire uh. those people. Well, she is an absolute expert at that kind of thing. I think it's a marvelous hire. And again, it's not just a hire, uh, you know, a, a, another gender. It's not for that. You're poaching her from the SEC? <clears throat> yeah, this is a really big deal, hiring her. And it's going to, it will help fix that. She's been with Missouri for about three years, uh, but she is she's fantastic. And I think uh, Arizona will get it fixed. And, I mean, when they come in, they come in with a lot of promise. They got a great basketball team. They had a good football year. Yes, they lost Judd, but they had a good football year. They'll still hopefully be able to, to build on that, and I think that's a really excellent hire. That should get them healed at a fairly quick pace, and especially mm-hmm. with the move, and give them an opportunity to be who they can be in this league, and that's going to be substantial. 
Get them behind the scenes stuff uh, figured out, and then yeah. they'll be they'll be contenders in no time. There's no question. Seven twenty eight on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. All right. Normally we talked to our OU insider Ryan Aber on Thursdays, but he's going to be on an airplane tomorrow. We'll find out why in a minute, and find out what he thinks about the opening for Oklahoma baseball. How come Oklahoma softball can't lose? <laughs> it's because they're better than everybody else. And we'll see what else is happening in basketball and football with Ryan Aber, our OU insider, next right here on the Blitz eleven seventy. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls basketball team will host UCF tonight for a 6.30 tip-off. The Cowgirls won the first matchup in Orlando 68-61 back in January. In college softball, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls will be at Stetson tonight for a 5 o'clock first pitch. The Cowgirls are coming off a win Monday night at Florida 3-0. The CFP board approved the 5-plus-7 model for the 12-team college football playoff. The vote was unanimous and approved a model that would guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions being included in the 12-team field, followed by seven at-large bids. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Rick Corey and Bryce Hulse. By the way, that is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. At 7.35, time for us to welcome our normal Thursday insider. But he's traveling tomorrow. It's Oklahoma insider Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman. Where are you headed tomorrow, Ryan? Yeah, going out to California to cover uh, some OU softball. and it's, uh, That's something new for us. First, first time traveling uh, to cover softball, but just shows how, uh, how big this sport's gotten in the state and really looking forward to uh to uh, covering the the Mary Nutter Classic out there. Yeah, and you know there's obviously great softball out there. You know, UCLA's almost always good. Many teams out there and the weather has something to do with that. They've always heard about, you know, southern and western teams have more chances to practice and especially outside it just helps. There's all there is to it. And now that this, you know, to your point about how important it is, now that this Oklahoma team hasn't lost in over a year, I don't know that pressure mounts, but certainly attention mounts. Do you get the feeling they like that? Yeah, I think that they they do a good job of handling that. We talked to them a little bit about that yesterday, and uh, Patty Gasso said that she has to constantly find ways to to motivate her team, given their success not only with this winning streak, but just this streak of championships uh, that they've had, but the the thing for them is this weekend not a lot changes because they're always treated like rock stars out there and that pressure is always on them out in in California. We know Patty Gasso's from there, a lot of their roster is from there, and this is sort of a a softball mecca type of event. And uh, talked to a couple of the players yesterday and said that they really liked it because it gives them a taste of what the uh, World Series environment is like. Uh, in Oklahoma City uh, early in the season and and lets them uh, be able to uh, adjust to that. So should be an interesting uh, weekend up there and the uh, 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 competition level 
takes a uh, step forward uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, and certainly it's something they can handle. This is a really good team. And as a matter of fact, in some cases, I, I'd read one of your articles about, hey, look, they even found new pitchers. Well, not found, but kind of wanted to know what was going to happen with some other pitchers being added and found out this week it's not been bad, has it? Yeah, not at all. Uh, S.J. Guerin, who redshirted last year, came on, and Patty Gasso just said she wanted to get her a little bit of a taste of it. And uh, she did really well in two-thirds of an inning on Saturday. And then on Sunday, she said the plan was sort of the same thing, but the way that Garen was pitching just made them uh, ride that out and probably would have ridden it out further had they not been in run rule territory and wanted to get in some work for uh, some of the other pitchers. But And then Kirsten Deal, who came on strong at the end of last year, had a big appearance in Bedlam to end the regular season. Uh, she really took a step forward, I thought, this weekend, not only with uh, the results, but the approach as a whole. And uh, she talked about that yesterday and said that she felt like she was in a much better spot. So Patty Gasso said that they were going to go six pitching-wise, and uh, it was sort of hard to believe, but certainly uh, was the case this weekend and, and will likely be the case here moving forward. We're talking to Ryan Aber, our OU Insider, here on the Blitz 1170. If you'd like to ask a question about any Oklahoma sports, 918-262-5072 is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. And the other studio is Bryce Hulse. Ryan, I wanted to ask you about the girls' basketball team uh, coming off a win against Cincinnati, scoring 95 points. Uh, you know, they've been on they've been on a win streak up until they lost to West Virginia, who was another really tough team. What do you see in terms of the rest of their schedule and the likelihood of them getting another regular season championship? Yeah, I think uh, that that Texas game certainly is the one that uh, looms large on their schedule. If they're able to to win that, they're they're going to win uh, the Big Twelve. But they've got a couple of winnable games around that: Oklahoma State and Kansas. Although Kansas is surging, uh, but. Uh, that that Texas game is the one that's probably going to decide one way or another the Big 12 title. And uh, it's incredible the way that this team has, has turned things around. Yes, they lost to West Virginia. I know that was a, a disappointing one for them. But, uh, one, West Virginia is a tough place to play, period. And West Virginia had been playing really well as well. So um, just a remarkable turnaround for them to do what they've done and, and continue to do it in different ways. You know, last night scoring a lot, Skylar Van and, and Lexi Keys and Sahara Williams. You know, Lexi Keys has been the defensive heartbeat of this team. And then Sahara Williams, really a freshman coming on strong at the end of the season. So uh, they're, they're, I think, in a good position for not only the Big 12, but to potentially make a run in the tournament if they get the right matchup. Yeah, and I can see it too. They're playing awfully well right now. Big win last night to maintain that first place position. Ryan Aber, OU Insider, I want to ask something about some NIL in a moment because I saw a really good article in the Oklahoma about that. But before we do that, I want to turn to Skip Johnson in baseball. I know he's got some pretty good studs on the mound. Early thoughts on on what his baseball team from what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, you you look at the, the, the first weekend and two really, really good wins. Uh, down there with uh, beating Tennessee in 10 innings and, and uh, surging there at the end of that game to, to win 5-1 uh, to one on Saturday. And then Sunday it sort of looked like they were dead in the water against Nebraska uh, and uh, came back and, and won that with two in the night. So a really good start for them. Yes, they lost uh, yesterday uh, to, to Dallas Baptist. No, uh, no shame there. DBU's a really good team and 
you know, midweek games, things, uh, the dynamic changes a little bit. But uh, really good start to the play for Easton Carmichael and John Spikerman in particular. Rough start so far for Jackson Willis, but he did have uh, a big hit there in that, uh, that uh, Nebraska win. So um, a solid start for Skip Johnson's team, but, uh, you know, they've got uh, some, some winnable games coming up over the next uh, couple weekends. And before uh, Big 12 play starts, so they need to uh, build some momentum there. What do you expect from them? I mean, as we look at the entire year, you know, they you go to the finals two years ago, and then last year you really just had a, a real struggle. You you expect them middle of the pack? Do you really expect them to contend? Yeah, I think they've got a chance to contend. I think it's going to uh, depend on how that pitching uh, comes together, which you always expect Skip Johnson to have a, a solid pitching staff, but I, I think. Uh, they've got some really good defensive pieces now with uh, the combination of Willits there at short and, uh, you know, the, some of the veterans around him. And it's and then the the, uh, the hitting should be solid, I think. Uh, like I mentioned with uh, Easton Carmichael and John Spikerman there at the top, Jackson Nicholas has, has been off to a good start. I think they need to find some consistency there, especially a little bit lower in the order. But uh, I, I think they've got a chance. But uh, like so much, many things in, in baseball, it's going to come down to what their pitching uh, looks like. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, I want to talk about this NA, and I, you had a really good the Oakland did NIL article. Talked to not only Joe Castiglione, but of course Chad Weiberg. Both of them, especially Weiberg, said, "Look, I think we're going to have to take this thing all in house." And both those schools should do pretty well in NIL. Oklahoma specifically should do pretty well. Where do you think it sets with that? And do you believe that is the, the course of the future? Yeah, I think it, it has to be just because uh, right now with the way that it's, uh, there's a sort of a wall of separation that uh, I, I understand why that wall was put in initially, but at the same time that uh, allows for, for so much of a gray area where things can uh, get sideways and we've seen that at a couple of programs now that the NCAA is investigating and I, I think there needs to be uh, you know if you're going to do it uh, do it out in the open and, and the, the best way to do that is to have the schools have at least some measure of input and control on that you know that doesn't mean you can uh, you know just summarily turn down NIL offers uh, you know outside of certain categories that aren't allowed uh, but uh, to uh, have a little bit of a guardrail to it because right now it's just the wild west and uh, the schools sometimes are are in the dark about things and and that can lead to some really big issues as we've seen we don't hear that much about oklahoma's we do hear about you know pokes with a purpose over at oklahoma state don't hear a ton about the ou stuff i know coach switzer had been involved what do you hear and how is it doing yeah, I think uh, they're they're doing all right. Uh, you know, there's some some grumblings about uh, some certain things, especially when you look at uh, some recruits who go elsewhere. Even though NIL is not supposed to be part of the recruiting process, I think we all realize that that is an element of it, and, and we'd be kidding ourselves to uh, say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that you know the Caden Green situation and, and losing him and the role that NIL. Uh, plays there so I think there is some level of frustration about how things are going but you know money should never be an issue at OU but it has changed the dynamic about where 
where those folks are giving money, you know, mm-hmm. where it used to be directly to the school. Now it's uh, to these collectives and the, and uh, you know, other NIL programs. And like we talked about uh, with the last question, things can uh, get a little bit murky there. So I, I think it's a, a difficult pipe rope to walk uh, for sure. But I think OU is in a, a, a decent position but certainly needs to uh, figure out some some creative ways to uh, take steps forward in that area. Well, I hope you have a great time out in California. I think it's cool you're going out there to cover softball. I think the Sooners rolling like this. It'll be fun. There's no question. Travel safe, my friend. Let's hope you don't get in one of those 800-plus-mile-an-hour airplanes with that tailwind, and we'll talk to you next week and see how it went. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on, as always. Always. That is Ryan Aber from the Daily Oklahoman, and you heard what he you heard what he's going to be writing. He's going to be writing softball. I think it is cool they're going to follow him. It does show you something, though. This is a day and age where people in our business don't travel as much as they used to to cover teams. Now, if you're a play-by-play guy or color guy, you go with your team, obviously. But there was a time when, I mean, back when we were covering you know, TU football in the early days, everybody would be on the airplane with us or everybody would show up at the site. You know, pretty yeah. much you'd see newspapers there and there'd be TV guys there and other radio guys there. It just doesn't happen anymore, and I'm not complaining. It just doesn't very often. So seeing the Oklahoman send him, I mean, Griffin sends us to Big 12 Media Days, you know, I, I, you know, SEC Media Days, went to the American Athletic Conference Media Days. We go and do these things, and it's it's pretty rare these days. It just doesn't happen as often as before. That's why a lot of times if you go to read something, say, in a newspaper these days, it'll say from staff reports, which generally means they hired a stringer for X number of dollars somewhere to go write a story about something and didn't have to worry about it. I think it's cool that they're going, but it does show the impact that it's having. And with Love's Field, you know, still, I mean, being finished, I mean, there's still, you know, Joe C said it will be ready. So I believe it will being ready. And with the world series being there and with Kenny Gajewski's team started Oklahoma state, which even fires things even more, which means the last couple of bedlams between those two, Oh man, should be, you know what? You know, maybe it's maybe I'm wrong here, but Bedlam football obviously rules. There's no question. With Oklahoma State not playing fairly, not playing well for a few weeks at a time, I'm not sure Bedlam basketball was as big as Bedlam softball will be. Maybe oh, I'm no. wrong about that. You're saying Bedlam basketball won't be as big as Bedlam as softball. I, right? I agree. Yeah, and I know that you'd think to yourself, well, well, you'd never say that. Well, I'm not sure. Now, there was a time, and, you know, maybe at the end of the year, especially, you know, Mike's team wins against BYU. Now, if they go up and they beat Cincinnati today or tonight here on the Blitz, hey, who knows? Maybe, you know, on Saturday we have a classic in Norman. And maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me at 918-262-5072, but I would, I would, I would argue, even though I realize one's basketball and one's softball, that that softball game might be a bigger deal. Just because it's the final one in the Big 12, I think the basketball will be pretty high octane. But I, I think just with the stakes always being so high in softball for the past few years, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be hard to overcome. 750 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hulse. So I'm Rick Corey, and you can just disagree with me all day at 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We'll have our conference crunch at 810, kind of look around our conferences. I want you to hear from Nick Saban about what he's doing in retirement. And I told you I had some Caitlin Clark news. I'm, I'm loving this, too. And she set a record that might surprise you. You'll hear about that. Plus, at 8.30 this morning, Tyler Cass from THV 11 over in Little Rock. He's our Arkansas Insider right here in the Tulsa Weather's Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170.
The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. There's Oklahoma State basketball tonight here on the Blitz as the Cowboys will be in Cincinnati to take on the Bearcats. Tip-off is at 6 with a 5 o'clock pregame starting here on the Blitz 1170. The OU women's basketball team had a scoring frenzy in Cincinnati against the Bearcats as they won 95-87. Skylar Van led the Sooners with 22 points. Lexi Keys and Sahara Williams each added 17. With the win, OU clinches a top-four seed in the Big 12 tournament. They currently lead the conference overall. And the CFP board approves the 5-plus-7 model for the 12-team college football playoff. The vote was a unanimous and approved by a model that would guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions being included in the 12-team field, followed by seven at-large bids. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.